0: Uh, yeah, we're here for another week. We wanted to chat with you guys about a pretty cool topic today. Before we get going on that awesome topic, Mark, how was your week?
1: Oh, it was eventful. I had some oral surgery this week, so I, I'm sitting here with a mouthful of stitches. Uh, but that did lead to uh, the first, I believe, the first blog post on our website which if you haven't read it, go check that out, where I review some whiskey-infused ice cream. <laughs> Very because good. Because I'm not on solid food for uh, about a week.
0: It's so, uh, Yeah, you definitely proved up the wit side of our podcast for that one, Mark.
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, you know They always say you should never respond to an email immediately after you read one. Maybe you should never review an ice cream cocktail immediately after you finish it. I don't know, but uh, check that out on our website, That's my big thing as I recover this week. Uh, What about you, DJ? What'd you do this week?
0: Oh, not much. Work, of course, during quarantine is just me at home in a pair of basketball shorts trying to solve tech problems. So it's just a whole lot of sitting in my office chair and not leaving the house. I didn't really get up to much mischief this week. I've been playing around with some cocktails and I. Can't really say much else. I'm a big fan of video games, as we both are. Uh, I get to finish Rise of the Tomb Raider this week, so nothing super exciting, but you know, it was a it was a pretty good week.
1: Well, that's good. That's good. I picked up Dirt Four on, on, from the PlayStation sale. You know, went from forty nine ninety nine to four ninety nine. So yeah, that's a steal. Yeah, sometimes you just have to say yes and move on. It's very good.
0: I think the last Dirt game I played was two or three. I don't remember. It was like.
1: I think it was 360. Could have been three. Did it have a lot of Jim, Jim Tana in it? Um, sure. <laughs> uh, I don't know why that tickled me. So, um, <laughs> all right, let's just move on before we get up. We get sidetracked already.
0: Yeah. Fair. So that brings us to our awesome whiskey segment. Mark, what are you drinking this week?
1: Well, this is actually uh, going to be funny, and none of our dear listeners are going to believe this, but we both decided, completely independently, we don't do a lot of, uh, we do a lot of individual prep, but we don't do a lot of group prep for these episodes, so we've completely decided independently to both do mixed drinks this week, and I have gone to my go-to, I am drinking a perfect Manhattan, oh, very I funny. actually put a picture of it up on the... Facebook page, which is just the Wit and Whiskey Cast on Facebook. Uh, so we, you know, depending on what bar you go to, depending on what websites you look at, you could do it like a perfect martini with two kinds of vermouth. No, I don't do that. To me, a perfect Manhattan is both bourbon and rye, equal parts, along with your red vermouth, your bitters, and i am experimenting today because that's of course the whole gimmick of this podcast is we're supposed to experiment i purchased some cherries pre-soaked in makers mark ooh so i am using those they're huge they're like softball well not softball it's golf balls in my glass <laughs> uh, but we're trying that and it's pretty good of course you know since i've had the oral surgery on thursday this is the first alcohol of any kind, except for that ice cream, which I'm not counting. <laughs> this is the this is the first alcohol of any kind I've had since Wednesday night, which, if you know me, is an eternity for me. So, this podcast can get fun as we keep going.
0: Yes, yeah,
1: <laughs> you're out of the game, man. I am out of the game, but you know, hey, once you fall off the horse, you got to get back on. Oh yeah, most definitely. Wait. What are you drinking tonight?
0: Well, I also went with a mixed drink, but unlike Mark, who has gone with more of a traditional cocktail, I think it's safe to say, I went with an experimental potion that I've been working on. I am a huge fan of the melon liqueur Midori, because uh, (laughs) at times I like being a basic bitch. And so I decided to go out and try and figure out if there was any... Midori and whiskey cocktails and I'll tell you what ladies and gentlemen there are slim pickings out there. So I have decided to make my own. Uh, It was inspired by a Midori and Rye cocktail that I found uh, on some website somewhere and I've drastically changed it because the thing came out just tasting of lemon and nothing else. So I am drinking what I am affectionately going to be calling uh, melon bread, or for those of you who are into anime and Japanese culture, melon pon. Uh, it okay. is two ounces of rye whiskey, an ounce of Midori, about a half an ounce of uh, fresh lemon juice, and a quarter to a half an ounce of simple syrup, depending on how sweet you like it. It comes out looking a little freaky. It's, a, it's green and kind of brown. It does kind of a little bit look like the shade of the eponymous bread from japan and it tastes pretty good it's it's melon it's got that you know that spiciness from the the rye uh it's a little bit sweet it's got a bite it's essentially like a i'm toning down the lemon the lemon was just way too much before but it's essentially a whiskey sour with rye instead of you know normal whiskey and uh a midori overtone so the melon pond. I will likely be putting the recipe up once I settle on uh, ratios that I really enjoy. It's pre- It's coming out pretty good so far. I am not. I, I'm willing to bet that not many people are going to like Midori and, and whiskey are not things that generally go together. But
1: it's pretty good. Send me a, send me a picture of that lad before you guzzle all of it, and I'll put it up on the Facebook page with my drink. Yeah, sounds good. And we can let the uh, the listeners decide for themselves. I, I must admit, I'm, in the immortal words of jo- Johnny Bravo, I'm sickened but curious. <laughs> so uh, we have that going for us. Oh, Johnny
0: Bravo. That goes well with our topic from last week, Mark.
1: It does. It does. And also, you know, we, we, we had an update from, we don't, I don't believe we have any mea from last week, but we have an update Oh, Hulu announced the uh, release date for the Animaniacs reboot. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh, I'm very excited as well. Of course, DJ sprung that on me last week. That is the one mutual fandom, the surprise mutual fandom that we had from last week's episode. And it's November 20th, I believe, right around Thanksgiving. Yeah, it'll and be a nice treat. Coming out. So between that and Archer, the 11th season of Archer and all 10 seasons of Smallville being on there, I am taking the plunge this probably tomorrow or Tuesday and I'm finally going to get Hulu. So with the anime, nothing else for the Animaniacs, that'll be worth the money.
0: Oh, it is totally. But yeah, no, that brings us into a pretty awesome topic this week. Mark, you, uh, you chose it out of a lineup last week and I think, I think this is our first DJ led episode It is. Um, Yeah, so this is a topic very near and dear to my heart. We're talking about tattoos this week.
1: I've always been intrigued by tattoos. Uh, I don't have any yet, which I'm uh, sure we'll get to. So this is going to be part history lesson, part Q&A, and part DJ convincing me to get off the damn fence already. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I mean, a brief
0: overview, I don't know who out there is listening, and and what your stance is on tattoos, but I feel like the alternative crowd that Mark and I tend to find ourselves in here and there, you know, there's quite a few of us with tattoos for many different reasons. We'll definitely get into my own firsthand experience. But Mark, what did you find out this week?
1: Well, obviously, we don't have the time to go into an in-depth uh, historical dissertation on tattooing. Literally. Several hundred, hundred multi-hundred-page books have been written on the subject. But I thought at the very least we could hit a few high spots, hit a few bullet points. So I went back uh, and tried to find what we, meaning historians, believe is the oldest tattoo, oldest evidence of tattoos. And apparently it's a frozen body of a caveman. Otzi, I believe I'm saying that right, O-T-Z-I, Otzi the Iceman. And we have dated him uh, from between 3400 and 3100 BCE. Oh, wow. So tattoos have been around for a little bit. Tattoos have been around for just a wee bit. Of course, the ancient Egyptians have been tattooing since around 2000 BCE. We have many, many mummies uh, that have been recovered that are tattooed. But very interestingly, with only a handful of religious exceptions, almost all tattooed Egyptian, ancient Egyptians that we know of or female. Oh, wow. Yeah, men didn't really get uh, tattooed in ancient Egypt most of the time, which I found very interesting. You jump ahead a little further in history. Uh, my boys, the, the ancient Romans, they were kind of down on tattoos, unfortunately. Uh, they used them as penalties for slaves, for prisoners of war, for criminals. Decorative tattooing did exist, but much like fellatio, the ancient Romans looked down upon it <laughs> <laughs> Two things you've learned about ancient Rome today, folks. So they they were very down on it. And likewise, you know, if we look at the Greeks, you know, the Romans and the Greeks are often parallel comparisons. If you look at the Greeks, Plato believed that uh, people found guilty of sacrilege, which to him was the ultimate crime, they should be forcibly tattooed against their will. Oh wow. So, you know, they were interesting. The crusaders used to tattoo the Holy Cross on them to show that they went on a crusade and survived. So think Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, how the guys in the Fezzes all had the crosses. That's where that came from. Maybe I should save this for a little bit later for the fun facts. But DJ, do you know where the English word tattoo comes from? I do not. It actually comes from the Tahitian, or from the island of Tahiti, if you would prefer, Tatau, T-A-T-A-U. Mm. And the apocryphal story is that it was introduced to English language by, of course, Captain Cook in his famous 1766 expedition. We believe that it was introduced to the English lexicon a little bit earlier than that, but Captain Cook made it famous. That's uh, Of course, if you go to New North- Oh, go ahead. No, that's fascinating.
0: Did he bring that back or did like his sailors get tattooed? <laughs>
1: There is immense historical debate over the role of Captain Cook and tattooing. He certainly brought light to it. He certainly made it more famous. Uh, you know, he was brought it into the mainstream, if nothing else. It had existed on the fringes and he really shed a lot of light to it because his several, he, he did several voyages over a uh, 20 year period, 25 year period. And he brought back a lot of tattooed natives. He brought back tattooing techniques. He's one of the reasons we actually know about in Samoa, tattooing and tattoo art is a folk skill handed down from generation to generation. Oh, yeah. Um, You you can't just be a tattoo artist. Like, if if you're a skilled artist, you can't just learn that. Like, your grandfather has to be one. Your father has to be one. They actually make their own tattooing combs They still use boar's teeth. They still use uh, tortoise shell, a lot of the native uh, methods, the old style methods. And because of all that, we've learned most of that from Captain Cook.
0: That's amazing. And
1: that's probably where we get a lot of
0: the modern day, like Western tribal style. Yes,
1: Yes, exactly. One interesting thing that I didn't know that you might know uh, was between 1600 and 1868, and I guess this is still technically true today if you believe a lot of the Yakuza culture. But uh, Japanese tattooing was either for two reasons, either for criminals, much like ancient Rome, or for trades. So if you were certain forms of manual laborer, if you were a fireman, if you were a lumberjack, if you were a dock worker, you would get tattoos. If you were a prostitute, you would get tattoos. Oh, wow. Um
0: you know, I knew yes, about and, I, I knew about the organized crime, and I knew about the, the history with the yakuza and the, the kind of you know status symbol that that represents. But I definitely didn't know about it with the trades.
1: Yes, and this all basically ended in 1868 when the and you're going to have to forgive my pronunciation. You could probably cor- correct me. You know more Japanese than I do, but the Meiji M E G J I. Yeah, the Meiji era. When the Meiji era took over, they actually outlawed tattooing in Japan. At least for a while. And that is where it started to get its sort of criminal underworld uh, roots that we are probably more famous today. Oh, most definitely. One last thing, and then I'll turn it over to you since this is supposed to be your episode. <laughs> the first documented professional tattooer in the United States that I could find, there's rumors that there's other ones, but I couldn't find any real documentation, uh, was Martin Hildebrand, who was a good German immigrant who was living in good old Boston, Massachusetts. See, and, New
0: England represent, man.
1: Yep. He, he set up his shop in 1846. Uh, was very famous for tattooing several men on both sides of the Civil War. And then in 1891, America Strikes Again, New York City tattooer Samuel O'Reilly looked at Thomas Edison's electric pen and went, huh, and made the very first tattoo machine. That's amazing. That's just, you know, a very, 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 very brief history of tattooing in the last... 4 thousand years oh yeah <laughs> but it's stuff that I found interesting
0: <laughs> oh yeah I mean there are there are volumes written on the history of tattoos and the relevance to to each major uh, culture throughout history there's there's a lot of really interesting history in Japan and and Egypt definitely has some fascinating history there I do I gotta confess, I learned a lot today. So, Mark, I appreciate the research. <laughs> Not a problem. I, I enjoy it. I play,
1: as I, you can't see me here. Of course, we're doing audio, but I'm pushing up my glasses here with a smile on my face. So. <laughs> no, it's very good. Uh, tattoos are a, a great topic. I love
0: tattoos. I have many tattoos. So, I, I wanted to kind of give uh, some firsthand experience about what it's like to get tattoos. What What do I have for tattoos? It's gonna get a little personal, folks, because I put a lot of thought into all of my tattoos. So let's get into it. So I have been getting tattooed uh, off and on since I was 22. I moved out of my parents' house shortly after college and, you know, started planning my first tattoo pretty quickly after that. I would have probably considered a tattoo earlier, but uh, college was a little bit hectic and I... Didn't need the added pressure of trying to figure out what to get needled onto my skin at the time. Um, <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, little things like
0: that. Yeah, yeah. So some interesting facts. I have been tattooed in Washington, D.C., and I've also been tattooed here locally in the Shire. My current tattoo artist is uh, pretty local to me. He's about an hour away in, I believe it's Laconia. It's the, it's the town where the The big bike weekend happens in New Hampshire, and I never remember what the town is. But you know, I I go up there to get tattoos here and there, and I have if I count them one, two, three, four. Mark, are we count the wings separately. Oh yeah, count them separately. Why not? All right, so we're gonna count them as six. So I get six tattoos. Uh, So let's talk a little bit. I've got a... I started off when I was 22. I got a tattoo on my left bicep of a pair of twin roses intertwining. Uh, All of my tattoos are full color and I think the roses are the only ones that are about... they're pretty close to being true to life. There's a red rose and a black rose on my arm. They're intertwining, and it represents a you know, some lost opportunities I had when a, a friend of mine committed suicide in high school. Woof. I know we're supposed to keep it light, but uh, that's probably the, the heaviest one I got here for y'all. So, uh, this friend was really close and losing, losing really, really hurt. So, uh, you know, that, that I figured it was a good representation, right? Uh, you know, bleed for what you believe in. That was my first tattoo. That wasn't very long. I went with a friend and I, I think I was in the chair for about three and a half, four hours. Uh, an interesting first experience of the tattoo. My second tattoo is on my right bicep and it is an amalgamation of a lot of different symbolism. Uh, it took quite a while to design. My tattoo artist almost called me the day before and said, Oh my God, I have no idea what to do with all these ideas you sent me. But luckily he came through and, uh, this, my second tattoo actually took two years to finish because my tattoo artist at the time was in DC. I was living in New Hampshire. That's, that's not a trip down the street you can take. That's definitely a flight and some time and some money.
1: I was going to say, it's like four and a half hours from where I am.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So... This was the last tattoo I got down there. The tattoo artist down there is still amazing. Uh, If anybody wants to know, I believe he's now at Stone the Crow Tattoo in Maryland. If you ever uh, need a good tattoo, check out Steve Labofish. He's fantastic. But my, my second tattoo is a lot of mythological symbolism. At the bottom, I've got a set of water horses representing Greek mythology and Uh, You know, Poseidon being the father of horses and also the father of the sea. Midway up, I've got a a Japanese style winged dragon. So, you know, traditionally Japanese, artistically Japanese dragons do not have wings. So I kind of want a little, you know, mix the Eastern and Western influences there. And the dragon is biting its own tail, representing some Norse mythology there with Jormungandr, the world snake. And the top of the tattoo is a, a phoenix, uh, traditionally representing, you know, China or Japan, very, very East Asian. And inadvertently represents the, the martial arts school that I currently uh, attend, many years before I, I started training there. Uh, and in the middle of all of it, the dragon is wrapped around uh, two Japanese characters, this was a fun outing for me because my wife's first experience seeing me get tattooed was this tattoo on my right arm. And when we went back to get it finished, that was the, the time that we had to decide on these Japanese characters. And for those of you who don't know, Japanese is an incredibly difficult language to learn how to read and write. And we spent roughly two hours in a Barnes & Noble with a kanji dictionary. <laughs> arguing over the meaning (laughs) that I was attempting to represent. And we ultimately went with the characters uh, Jun and Kokoro, which means purity and heart, respectively, uh, which ultimately comes out to the Japanese word Junchin, which means innocence. The whole tattoo being representative of my love of stories, my love of mythology, and, you know, my love of uh, of teaching uh, martial arts, especially to children and, you know, teaching them how to protect themselves. My third tattoo is on my back. It is a uh, the emblem from the anime fairy tale. Uh, so if any of you are anime fans, uh, shout out. Fairy tale is extremely good. All the members of the, the main guild and fairy tale have this one tattoo somewhere in their body. And it, it looks kind of like a, a bird with with some wings and, styli- and a stylistic arrow underneath it. And I found that the symbol for fairy tale looked very much like a chocobo from Final Fantasy, so i i got I got a little. You just
1: hated that.
0: Oh man, it was so good. So, I grabbed some art and a tattoo artist here in New Hampshire. My second tattoo artist, who's no longer working, can't really give her a, a shout out, but she's fant- she was fantastic back in the day, and she's she's still great. It's a choke about sitting in front of the uh, of a black fairy tale tattoo that kind of looks like a shadow representing both my love of video games, my love of anime and and you know the the duality of kind of being a person a little bit on the edge. Uh, some heavy stuff. I, I am a bisexual man that came out in college. That was not the easiest thing in the world and th- this tattoo is kind of representative of the help that friends and family gave me. Uh, a mutual friend of mine has a, a tattoo on his back of a Moogle from Final Fantasy, so it was kind of a, a nice little shout out of like you know thanking people. And then we get to the fun tattoo, the tattoo that everybody sees anytime in the summer, on my left calf, wrapping the entire bottom of the leg, uh, my my entire calf, is a it's a full color rendition of. Eevee from Pokemon and all of her evolutions, wrapping up with some really great elemental effects. And it's fantastic. It's one of my favorite tattoos. It was so much fun to plan. It took like three or four sessions to complete it. It's just a crazy tattoo and I love it. And that gets me into the last tattoo, which we split in half because they don't touch. But I have a pair of wings on my back. My uh, left wing is organic-looking, you know, like a bird. It's got feathers. It's a bit angelic, and it goes uh, from the top of my shoulder all the way down, right, right above my butt. And as does the other wing, and they're kind of folded in, so they actually look like they could be real wings, which is pretty cool. And the right wing is man-made. A lot of gears. A lot of canvas. I'm sure Mark is grinning as soon as he realizes that it's a,
1: a beautiful piece of artifice. Um, yes, the you know the irony was not lost on me. Uh, what was it, six eight months ago when you started planning out Rabbit, uh, which is <laughs> yeah. DJ's D&D character for those of you playing the home game. Uh, but no, the the irony was was, was not lost. Uh, you you truly play the long game on these sort of things. I do, I do, and I love tinkering. I, I love
0: artifice. I'm really really bad at getting like homemade computers to work, but I still I I like tinkering with food. I love tinkering with cocktails. I like playing board games and figuring out weird strategies. And uh, as Mark can attest, who he has played many a video game with me, and I am. Uh, really terrible at winning them because I'm
1: always trying to do something clever. (laughs) You keep it interesting though. I do. Uh, I I can safely say that if you were to play, especially a co-op game, which I'm very fond of. I like a lot of PVE games. uh, If you play a PVE game with DJ, you rarely are going to play the same game twice. It's true. uh, Because he always keeps it fresh. (laughs) It's so true. And ultimately the wings kind of represent
0: you know, past and future, you know, man and divine. It, it kind of goes along with some of my own beliefs, but that was a heavy topic. Lots of, lots of personal stuff there, but yeah, all told the one, you know, I, under the needle for 40
1: hours total. That's a work us, week.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot. Wait, I mean,
1: let me, let me, let me clarify. That's an American work. It's week. It's an American work week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I, I love it. I love getting tattooed. I love planning them. They're all deeply personal, as you can now tell. I, I love the... the I love tinkering. I love the idea of, like, coming up with a concept. And I am not an artist at all. Um, I uh, To create our podcast cover image, I literally threw it into, I think, GIMP and just played with it for two hours until I had something that, l- that looked like it belongs at a Ren fair. Um, I love the idea of like tinkering with an idea and layering symbolism into it and then working with an actual artist to, you know, execute that idea. And it never comes out the way I expected it to. It never comes out the way I think it 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 was going to in my hours of planning and it's always way better than than I had in my head. So, I definitely recommend if you want a tattoo and you don't know what to do but you have an idea Bring it to your tattoo artist and just let them play. Let them play in the space. You'll get a good tattoo.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a lot like, a, you know, when you go to a bar and you say, hey, what do you, you know, what do you recommend? And almost every time you're going to get something that you're going to like um, because, you know, this is just like a bartender, you know, a tattoo artist. That's their livelihood, they're the best at it. So you can't go wrong with that.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, we, we here at the WIT and Whiskey cast are big proponents of, you know, supporting the arts and, and kind of leaning on our more artistic and creative friends for, for what they do best in. And, uh, I, my tattoo artists have always come through. So I highly recommend going the, here's my idea. Now make it great path when you get a
1: tattoo. Yes um, you know, having vision is wonderful. Uh, and then when you give it to the people that have the ability, uh, you know, it's no different, you know, when I used to race, you know, I, I could drive the car and I can tinker a little bit, but when you have a team of mechanics and engineers and you say, I want the car to do X and then, you know, three, four hours later, you're out on track and the car's pretty much doing X, <laughs> you know, it's, it's really cool. And it's no different with this, you know, when you have an idea and you bring it to an artist, and not, not just for tattoos, whether it be, you know, pieces of music. I mean, you, you look at, uh, you know, Nuno with our, uh, intro and outro, he, he talked to us for about 15, 20 minutes on zoom, got a feel for us and, uh, boom, here we are. And it just, it clicked.
0: It does. Yeah. I mean, I, if I had attempted to do something with music guys, you wouldn't want to listen.
1: No, no, I, I can, I can sort of play the bass and that's about it. And trust me, you ain't getting any women as a bass player. <laughs> yeah.
0: so mark uh take us out of this kind of deeply personal arena yeah let's have some fun
1: (laughs) i found some little fun facts and as we were sitting here and as we were uh getting deeper and deeper which was very good but i thought it might be a little bit more fun instead of me just reading the fun facts let's play a little game of trivia here Ooh, i love it uh, you might get some of these since you're, you're more into the scene than I am. But uh, in 2018, so about 18 months ago now, Lightspeed Research released a new poll. And uh, according to this poll, worldwide, who do you think uh, is more likely to get a tattoo, women or men? I think women. It is indeed women. 59% of women polled had tattoos versus only 41% of the men.
0: Oh yeah, I have a great number of friends uh, that are female and have tattoos, and I am incredibly jealous of how well they handle pain in the areas that they get their tattoos. I I am a complete wimp the entire time <laughs> I am getting I am under the needle, and I've got a number of friends who have these gloriously beautiful rib tattoos, and I. As much as I love Ooh. tattoos we'll never touch my ribs I am terrified
1: of it Yeah even with all the uh, you know natural padding I have around my ribs I don't think I'm gonna I don't think if I ever get one I'm gonna go that route. Oh yeah nope so our next one and this one blew me away maybe I'm just naive but I, I couldn't get over this According to a recent poll of different economists and different business uh, areas how much annually now? Do just Americans spend on tattoos? Do I get a... Can I get a 50-50 split on that one? Well, throw out your first guess and I'll
0: tell you if you're high or low. I mean, I I would think in the millions. These things are not cheap. You're uh, very, very low. Oh. Hundreds
1: of millions? According to this poll, each year, Americans spend $1.651 <laughs> with a B that's amazing on tattoos. And I was just flabbergasted by that.
0: I mean, I'm not surprised. Like even if you get flash art that
1: takes 30 minutes, like they're not cheap. No, they're they're not. But I mean, you know, we joke about inflation. We joke about the economy being down and that's all true. But 1.65 billion is still 1.65 billion. That's amazing. (laughs) Okay, uh, th- this one is a lot less surprising, at least it was to me. What was the number one uh, tattoo for the year 2018? Oh, God. Okay. I'll give you a hint. You sort of have a variation of one. Is it birds? It's angels.
0: Ah. Okay, fair. And,
1: there's and th- you want to take a guess at number two? I only looked at the top two.
0: Is it birds exploding out of a feather? Because that's a really common tattoo.
1: Uh, no, apparently, according to this poll, the top two were a you know any variety of angel, and then any variety of a heart.
0: Those okay, Mark. Okay, I mean, fair. <laughs> if you want to know I'm that, I'm just looking. That
1: I don't wrong. know. I you know again, I I still have my pasty Northern Italian skin. Um, not all of us dagos are olive skinned. You know, if you want a, a really fun rant, pick up the novel of the Godfather. The entire first chapter is just Sicilians making fun of my people, the northern Italians, for being pasty white. (laughs) And it's entirely true. Amazing. Okay, so one last thing, and this isn't... uh, I'll read this one uh, because I found it interesting. Uh, It could technically have gone in the history part, but I found what may be the oldest surviving tattoo ink recipe. Really? Really? Uh, at least the oldest one that I could find, I, I didn't look super hard, but it's from a uh, Roman doctor, Atius, and he was a doctor, he was a historiographer, and he also was the local tattooer, because remember, you know, it was sort of punishment, so they would bring the doctors in to tattoo the prisoners so that it was somewhat humane. Uh, and so it contained uh, various amounts of pine bark, chips of corroded bronze... Huh. Vinegar, leek juice, uh, ash, and here's the kicker. Mashed up live insect eggs. Ugh. Yes, the the Romans, you know, they do a lot of things uh, that we find very interesting. Um, You know, uh, obviously they were into tattoos and they, they took that a step too far with this recipe. Uh, they were into what we could now call manscaping, and they used s- sharpened seashells, so I'll let you uh, use your own imagination on that one. So, you know, the Romans did a lot of the same stuff we do now, but dear lord, above they didn't have the technology. I, I hate um, it. I hate it so much. Ew, live
0: insect uh, eggs. <laughs>
1: Uh, Yeah. Oh, and this, I forgot about this one, too. A a 2017 study in South Africa by their uh, psychologist found, and I mean, this just blew me away, you know, that uh, almost eight to one, a tattooed individual was going to be much more extroverted than their non-tattooed counterpart. (laughs) film at 11 when we talk about how water is wet
0: yeah no that's (laughs) fair that's fair you do have to be pretty outgoing to wear this stuff on your skin
1: so that's all i have for fun facts those are just things i came across during my research this week that jumped out at me for one reason or another i love it i think it's probably about time to get into our lightning round what do you think okay we're bringing back the lightning round Uh, I'm going to throw questions at DJ this week, and these are basically going to be an FAQ, the most frequently asked questions. Uh, Some of these I I think you know. Some of them you probably don't. Some of them I know. Some of them I don't. So let's get to it. You touched on this already, but uh, does it hurt? And I suppose the correct answer is how much?
0: Uh, Yeah, the correct answer is definitely how much. It does hurt. It is not an unbearable thing that is going to make you pass out. For most people, pain is subjective, you you know, every caveat there, every disclaimer. I, this is going to sound ridiculous and insane, but I liken it to a cross between a bee sting and sandpapering your skin. Okay. And yes, that is a painful thing. But once you've got some adrenaline running, uh, I mean, yeah, it, it hurts, but... I am 40 hours in. I can tell you it's worth it if you're passionate about this
1: kind of lifestyle. All right, and uh, we'll follow that up with uh, something else you sort of touched on with the ribcage. What would you say is the most painful area?
0: In all of the research I've done, it seems like the most painful areas that are over over bone. Uh, so, that would make sense. Uh, I have heard that the... The foot is pretty painful. I've heard over the ribs is pretty painful. I haven't done either. So my my vote for the worst area that I've ever gotten tattooed is the back of the knee. It completely flies in the whole theory of over the bone is most painful because there's no bone there. But uh, my tattoo artist, uh, when he did the, the Pokemon, he went in to shade that area. And it went from just a normal tattoo feeling to just white lights going off in my head. I don't know if there are more painful areas, but I think I'm going to avoid the back of my knee in the future.
1: I mean, I can understand that. I know uh, from some books on organized crime that I've read that one of the favorite uh, ways to deal with a informant is either a dental drill or just a straight-up battery-powered Black and Decker to the back of a knee. Oof. So I can absolutely uh, believe all of that. You know, we talked about at one point six five billion a year. So how expensive are they on a running basis?
0: All right, it really depends on the shop. The price varies. There is uh, flash art tattoos that you can get. It's kind of like the the standard catalog or stuff that's up on the wall of a tattoo parlor. Stuff that's easy to do. It's usually quick. Covers a small area. That'll probably run you around. 200, you know, depending on the shop, maybe you can get it cheaper. I tend to do custom design, full color pieces that need to be planned out. Usually the artist has to like spend time drawing it and shrinking it and expanding it and all sorts of good stuff. So I generally, I don't go in for under about 500. I would say five to 600 is probably my median. You don't usually pay by the session when you're doing custom work, it's kind of, you know, the the artist will decide what you know how big is it going to be, what's the price going to be. You can pay it in installments. If you're gonna do something custom, uh, don't don't price shop.
1: I I, I recommend <laughs> that's this. a good yes. I, I I've never had a tattoo in my life, but I'm sure that's a good piece of advice. yeah yeah.
0: Never never price shop a tattoo. Find an artist that you. Somebody can recommend to you. Word of mouth is the best way uh, that tattoo artists kind of get their reputation and and get the word out. I I wouldn't just go online find something in your nearest town that seems okay r- rated on Google and go down. I would ask around. I mean, I, it's twenty twenty. You've probably got a tattooed friend. Uh, if you're curious, ask them about it. Uh, we don't we
1: don't get tattoos to never talk about it. So it's a lot like the 21st century version of the masons. If you want to be one, ask one. Mm-hmm. It is exactly.
0: So if you've got a tattooed friend, like let them know, like you have some questions. Most of us are extremely excited to talk about it. Uh, please don't go up to anybody in a bar and ask them about their tattoos. No,
1: don't No. No, uh, unless is, you want to start a fight. Then no, no, nope.
0: there is a very nice way <laughs> to, uh, Ask somebody about their tattoos and admire it, and you can be polite and you cannot be creepy, and that usually goes pretty well. But if you do not know them personally, please do not ask them for their backstory about tattoos. We do not like that. I can tell you that from personal experience. And uh if I have a tattoo and it's out in the open, don't touch it. It's like coming up to rub a bald man's head. If you don't know me, you are not allowed in my personal space. You are allowed to say, hello, I like your
1: tattoo. But then just walk away, dude. Well, let me ask you, speaking as a bald man, if they do rub it, uh, do you fall asleep? Because that's usually what happens when someone rubs my head.
0: No, if somebody (laughs) rubs my tattoo, I usually get pretty upset. I don't, I'm not really the kind of person to get up in arms about things, uh, Years of martial arts have taught me to not just punch my way out of problems, but uh, just don't. It's rude. How would you like it if I came up and started rubbing your
1: arms? Well, I mean, if you did it.
0: I mean, you and I are close, though, so...
1: No, I, it's it is a fair point. I'm giving DJ a lot of flack here, but it it that is a fair point. You never should just go touching people willy nilly. It generally doesn't end well. Especially not in 2020. Come on, people. No. All right. So, uh, just to wrap it up, aftercare. What should you do after you have one done?
0: Yeah. Okay. This is uh, this is a really important topic, and I love a chance to get the word out here. Aftercare is really important. Listen to your artist. If you are at all confused, listen twice. Have him repeat things. Ask questions before you leave the shop. Usually they'll leave you with aftercare instructions. But uh, if they tell you to take off the wrap as soon as you get home, do it. If they tell you to rub it with a certain kind of lotion, don't get a different one. But generally there's some good guidelines that you can obey. Generally recommended is not to use anything anything scented. You're going to hit a part of your tattoo aftercare where you're just putting lotion on it. No, no, like, antibiotic stuff or vitamin E or any of the other things that they might recommend. Uh, you're going to get to a point where the tattoo artist recommends just lotion. Do not get scented lotion. It, the, the chemicals in the scent are going to get into your tattoo, it's going to cause some funky reactions. Uh, don't. Just get, like, insert generic scentless lotion from the store and just use it. Uh, I use Curel. It works fine. Generally, the tattoo artist will tell you, uh, when you can take the initial wrapping off. Uh, every tattoo artist I've ever had does saran wrap, uh, with tape around the tattoo. Uh, It's usually recommended that you take that off and wash it that night and treat it with something. I've heard a number of people say they just immediately use lotion. I've heard a lot of different things. Uh, I use uh, vitamin E ointment. It's very good for healing your skin. That's what my first tattoo artist recommended. That's what I use. Your tattoo is going to get nasty. And there's a good nasty and a bad nasty.
1: Your I tat- was going to say, define nasty for folks at home.
0: Your tattoo's going to peel. It's not going to look pretty. It's going to look like a really bad sunburn, and you have to remember that tattoos are thousands of tiny wounds in your skin. It is, uh, it is as if your skin got burned, and it is going to peel. That peeling happens because the top layer of skin dies, and the lower layers are trying to reject ink. So things are going to get weird. Your tattoo might uh, leak ink. You're, you're likely going to want to figure out some sort of wrap for the first few days because some really cool shit happens chemically with your skin. Your body attempts to reject it like a plague and it tries to push the ink out. It, your tattoo's going to ooze. That's fine. Uh, when you wash it that first night, you're going to just your the water is gonna run dark. You might see a little bit of blood on the bandage. That's fine. You just got a bunch of th- tiny wounds. There's gonna be some blood, there's gonna be some ink. you're fine.
1: yeah, uh, I mean it, it it's kind of interesting, you know, the human body will actually try to reject a kidney or a lung or a heart if you get a transplant mm-hmm. um, because you know, it's just like, hey, I wasn't born with this. get this out of me. So you know, Of course, some ink that you're voluntarily putting there, it's probably going to be like, what the hell?
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's some really interesting research. Uh, The science behind why tattoos stay in your skin is, uh, do it, do go read, go read, go educate yourselves. It's amazing. We don't have time to talk about it here. Um, Dare I
1: say it's hoodoo.
0: It is. It's hoodoo. I mean, it's all about the molecules of the ink being too large to fit out of your skin. And there's some crazy stuff. What you want to be careful about with aftercare, this is where I'll leave it tonight. What you want to be careful about is rashes. You want to be careful about bad smells. You want to be careful about things getting puffy and nasty. Like, if you see pus coming out of your tattoo, it's infected. Go to a doctor.
1: But generally... Pus is never good.
0: Yeah. Never. Wash it. Wash it with unscented soap, just like your tattoo artist, just as often as your tattoo artist recommends. Don't immediately go out in the sun unless you just don't care about all the money you just spent on your tattoo. And if you don't, call us. We have
1: sponsorship opportunities available.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can sponsor the podcast. You can sponsor my next tattoo. I'll take that money from you. I still have to get the wings colored in. Uh, So... I uh, I found that there's a certain color yellow that I'm just uh, mildly allergic to. And about once a, once a year or so, my body remembers that I'm allergic to it. And it tries to reject that, that color ink again. That's fine. I mean, if, if it, it gets really bad, you're going to want to go to the doctor and figure out what to do about it. But for me, I just... I put lotion on it. I clean it more. I... Uh, I, I do all of the good old tattoo aftercare that I was doing before and it's gone in a week. Um, and it just, it feels a little raw and it looks like a tiny bit of a rash and it's fine. So I, tattoos have things that happen with them. And uh, you'll discover that over the life of your tattoos, but I definitely recommend them.
1: Well, there you have it. I can't think of a better way to end. We are pro-tattoo here at the Witten Whiskey Cast. So I want to thank you all for coming. I didn't blow out my stitches tonight. This has been by far the most talking I've done since Wednesday night. So hooray. Again, we want to, uh, you know, thank uh, Nuno Henry Silva. He gave us the, well, didn't give us, he made, composed the intro and the outro for the podcast. And it's fantastic. We're going to have a link up to his SoundCloud on the website, which go to the website, check it out. It's com. My blog post is up there about uh, chocolate flavored whiskey ice cream, uh, as well as we have some photos and things. We also have a Facebook page, which again, just type in the Witten Whiskey Cast. You will see uh, DJ's awesome picture of two glasses. We have an Instagram again. What is the Instagram just the Witten Whiskey Cast? I don't y- remember. Yeah, it's the at name. the Witten Whiskey Cast. At the Witten Whiskey Cast.
0: And that's whiskey right. with an E. I have seen whiskey spelled with just a Y. Don't do it. There's an E in it? Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, I I picked tattoos, so I'm going to let you pick the next topic. I think we're doing pretty well with what we've been doing so far, so I'm going to give you three and let you pick. All right. Uh, So number one would be cigars. Okay. Number two would be Legos. (laughs) Okay. And number three, this is a series that I want to get off the ground and damn it. One way or the other, we're going to get it off the ground. I want to do a series of what we feel are the most underrated and the most overrated of a topic. And I'm going to start with the most underrated and the most overrated movies.
0: Ooh, I feel like that's going to get really interesting. Let's do underrated and overrated, and I'm going to come up with a clever podcast title for, for that series as we go.
1: I have to do my usual disclosure, and you will hear me go on a rant about this next week when we record this episode, but just because something is overrated does not mean it isn't good. It means it isn't as good as everyone says it is. (laughs) Uh, And that is a very, very, very important distinction to make, as we'll find out next week. So uh, that's our topic. I am uh, thrilled to be here with you uh, for DJ Gagman. I am Marcus A. Jr. Salute! Cheers!